Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Exactly right. Bonnie's in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I've got a quote from a young lady named Nicole Jones who wrote a blog at Kintone, K-I-N-T-O-N-E dot com. Listen up. This is important to our topic today. Quote, while leaders are well aware we live in a data-driven world that requires digital dexterity and customer-first innovation, changing the status quo and an entire culture to prioritize long-term digital transformation, listen up, here's the kicker, is like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube on a roller coaster. Oh, my. That was the most important part. But all kinds of buzzwords in there. Data-driven world, yes, that's true. Digital dexterity, that's what your company needs. Customer-first innovation, hey, customer-first, that's the center of the world today. Changing the status quo, not always fun. And your culture, even less fun. So what are we talking about specifically? Digital technologies are transforming business models, and we're talking to you, our listeners all over the world. And they're also blurring industry lines. Nothing is what it used to be even a few years ago. You may have newcomers leaping into your industry. What are they doing there? They're startups, they're smart, they're savvy, they're serial entrepreneurs, and they're changing the way you need to do business. This is applying to both B2B and B2C. Customers are demanding personalized service. I want it now. When do I want it? How do I want it? They want customized products. That's a make-for-me economy, and they want right-now delivery. So, your business has challenges. Your market's changing. Your supply chain is changing. Your customers are changing. What are you going to do about it? Well, we think it's time for you to embrace new technology if you're not already on board. Think Internet of Things, which is the theme of this series, augmented analytics, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and more and more and more. What's the goal? You need to become an intelligent enterprise if you're going to survive in today's digital economy and thrive in tomorrow's. So the topic today, this is cool, leapfrog your competition the Essential Technology Guide. Yes, and I've got three experts on the panel who are going to help us dive into this, figure it out. You're going to get a lot of insights. You're going to get tips and pointers on what in the world you should be doing for your own digital journey, we'll call it that. So welcome. Let me tell you who my three panelists are, and then I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. First up, he's no stranger to Game Changers. He's been on several times. Always very honored to have Tony Costa with us. He's the Senior VP and CIO of Bumble. Bumblebee Foods. Yes, think tuna fish, think bumblebee. There's a little pitch. Joining him is Jeff Harvey, who's the chief business officer. Uh, I want to get his full title. Jeff, what's your current title at SAP? It's Chief Operating Officer, Intelligent Enterprise Solutions and Industries. I'll give you a little bit more about what that means. Thank you. We're going to talk in a second with you and find out everything. I just wanted to get it straight from you. Thank you. And Dr. Satya Nara Sinham, who's also been on the show. Satya, what's your current title? I'm heading blockchain business development and also incubating emerging technology topics. And that's why the three of you are on the show today. Thank you very much. So, Tony Costa, just pretend somebody hasn't heard you already on Game Changers. Give us who you are, what you're interested in, and what you specifically do at Bumblebee Foods in terms of digital transformation. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me back. Glad to be Pleasure. here. Uh, Thank you. 
as you said, Senior Vice President with uh, Bumblebee Foods, been here for 14 years, and I think uh, being in this role for that long, you, you, you have to adapt to the changing needs, and so we've tried to adapt as a company as well, and so when we start getting into the topic about leapfrogging your competition, we've got some interesting comments to share and some some you know, projects and initiatives we've taken on to hopefully uh, combat, you know, some of the competitive uh, challenges in the marketplace. Thank you, Tony. Quick question for you. Did you do you find the embracing of the new technology or the changing of the corporate culture? Which one seems to be the bigger challenge, if I might ask you? Well, I would argue they go hand in hand, Bonnie. Um, Okay. You know, for us, as IT leaders, you got to be uh, in the education game and, and bring your business along and, and explain what can be possible and which, you know, in turn, I think changes your culture. Thank you very much. Interesting. I'm sure that when people see in a company, they see that energy, they see that forward drive, Tony, they say that embracing of, of exciting new technologies, challenging, moving your job up the line because you have to learn and grow in the job. I'm sure that helps to bring the culture along. So thank you very much for that very honest answer. We appreciate that. Let's move around the table. One seat to Jeff Harvey, our newcomer today, Chief Operating Officer for Intelligent Enterprise Solutions and Industries at SAP. Jeff, that's a very long title. Please tell us what you do. Thank you. Uh, Great to be with you, and I appreciate the invitation. I'm in my 18th year with SAP, and I'm currently serving as Chief Operating Officer for Intelligent Enterprise Solutions and Industries, as you mentioned. And what that really means, our charter is to help our customers leverage these new intelligent technologies, like the ones we're talking about today, blockchain, IoT, machine learning, predictive, conversational AI, all these new capabilities that have the opportunity to fundamentally change a business process, uh, either create new ones, accelerating existing ones, and ultimately help them realize new outcomes that were, in often cases, previously impossible to achieve. So as we talk about blockchain today, we'll get more into this, but our job is ultimately, at the end of the day, help our customers across the entire SAP portfolio to leverage these new technologies, which is the intelligent enterprise solutions piece, um, to drive business outcomes and do that in an industry context across our entire portfolio. Thank you very Hopefully much, that helps Jeff. Give you some more clarity. It does. It helps a lot, and and I know that intelligent enterprise should have quotes around it when it comes to SAP. What SAP is doing for customers, but we're we're not doing any pitches here. But the question is, can any company become an intelligent enterprise just by embracing new technology, Jeff? Just a a quick overview from you. Any company that says, "Aha." blockchain can help us. Oh, we should have sensors on our equipment for so we can know they're predicting the failures. Oh, we should have uh, advanced analytics. We should do predictive. Do you think that makes a company feel intelligent today? Is that enough? Those are great examples. And I, I would say, uh, to use an old um, analogy, it's a, it's a journey, not a destination, right? It's something that you can apply this new and evolving portfolio of, of intelligent technologies to change legacy business processes, like you said, to move from preventative maintenance to predictive maintenance because the machine can talk to you now and tell you what help it needs and it can self-diagnose and get to the root cause much quicker. So we see this as there's an opportunity across every business process, every industry to be able to apply these new technologies to better serve customers, to drive new outcomes, to improve efficiency of process. And uh, and it's a game changer, really, and and ties into... uh, certainly the, the, the topic of the call, but um, 
it's not something that you do in one step. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. an iterative process, and each iterative move, I think, makes you that much more intelligent uh, along the journey. Thank you. That was very beautifully put, Jeff Harvey. Thank you. And I'm glad I gave some good examples. And again, welcome to Game Changers. We're very, very happy to have you on board. And now let's move one chair around to Dr. Satya Nara Sinham. I'm sorry, Simhan. I got the M's and the N mixed up. Forgive me. Blockchain Business Development at SAP. Satya, I hope I may call you that. Please tell us what you do and what this topic means to you. Yes, Bonnie. Thanks for having me here again. And uh, broadly speaking, now, the way SAP looks at technologies is in uh, three different horizons. So horizon one being what's here and now. Everybody uses mobile phone as some social media usage. Horizon two is uh, what is next. So things like some aspects of blockchain, uh, machine learning, where there is enough value for customers, but there is not mass adoption. And there is horizon three, which is new topics, things like quantum computing. So I would like to say that um, I have a really fun job at SAP of taking some of these new technologies and bring it down to a Horizon 2 type of next set of technologies that some of our customers who really want to leapfrog competition would like to um, get onboarded on so they can start realizing value. So in the process, we can make the technology more affordable and proliferate to more of a now stage of Horizon 1 where it can be applicable across uh, multiple customers, across multiple geographies and industries. So from that standpoint, um, one of the areas that I have spent a lot of time is in making blockchain-related um, intelligent enterprise applications uh, mm-hmm. more easily accessible for our customers. Thank you very much. I, I have a fondness for putting together the topic of blockchain with Tony Costa at Bumblebee Foods because Tony was on the debut of my brand new series, Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. And the title of the show, Tony, if you recall, was about two months ago was What's on What's on the Menu for Lunch Today? A Blockchain and Tuna yeah. Sandwich. And we talked about the involvement and the helpfulness of blockchain in the food safety supply chain and it was uh, tony we had a lot of fun on that show didn't we exploring blockchain we and did. food safety yeah thank, absolutely. thank you enjoyed uh, enjoyed it thank you you were you were one of my debut panelists so now we're at the part of the show in case you're just tuning in this is internet of things with game changers radio our audience is global you're all around the world and we're so grateful to you for sticking with this series i think this is the season four Five, Ira Burke at SAP is the sponsor of the series, and we have got a global following, and we're very grateful for that, as I said. So this is the part of the show where I have asked my guests in advance to send me a quote that is not specifically on the topic, more of an inspirational quote from a famous person, uh, from a movie, from a song, and we have three wonderful quotes here. So I'm going to read the quote from each of them and ask them to tell us how they picked the quote and relate it to the topic today. Tony Costa has picked a quote from Coach John Wooden, who lived from 1910 to 2010, really? A hundred. American basketball player and head coach at the University of California, Los Angeles, nicknamed the Wizard of Westwood. Uh, he won 10 NCAA national championships in 12 years at the head coach, as head coach of UCLA, including a record seven in a row. I'm just going to leave that there. Anybody wants to know, just look up John Wooden, W-O-O-D-E-N. Here's the quote. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Tony, words of wisdom. Tell me how that relates to our topic today. Leapfrogging your competition, please. 
You bet, Bonnie. Uh, I've seen this quote so many times because it was plastered all over our high school weight room. And uh, back oh. in the day, I think I was just really, really too young to appreciate the meaning. And, uh, and as you kind of traverse through your career and think back about, you know, these kind of uh, moments in your life, I think I finally get it. You know, and as we kind of talk about leapfrogging your competition, what this resonates with me is the time is now. And uh, for us all to prepare for the future, <clears throat> if you don't prepare, then I think you're, you're going to fail. And for, for as we kind of look and get into the different topics, for us it's critically important that we have a plan, we have a vision and a roadmap that we're prepared to take advantage of a lot of this new technology. Thank you very much. It, those are just words to live by, aren't they, Tony? It, anything in life, you're right. Why not put it on the, on the wall of a locker room in a school or, or anywhere, failing to prepare? Isn't this what we want to teach our kids, Tony? Isn't this what we want to say oh, when absolutely. you're... Yeah, thank you very much. Love the quote. Jeff Harvey has picked a quote that's three tiny little words that have a very big history. The quote is, trust comma, but verify. It was quoted, was made famous actually by President Ronald Reagan in December 1987 after he signed the INF Treaty with Russian Premier Mikhail Gorbachev. However, it dates way back before that to the 12th century. It is a Russian proverb that originated in oral history and written texts. And the I'm going to try and pronounce the Russian version, Jeff, so just bear with me here. It's just three words, so I can't do too badly. Dovernier, no provernier. Trust but verify. Jeff, how did you pick this for our topic today? I'm impressed with your uh, translation, Bonnie. Very well done. <laughs> Thank Very you. well done. Thank you. Um, it's, this, I know this, as you said, from, from um, Reagan making it famous. And there's been so many cases throughout my career where it comes up as a, as a point of, uh, you know, you take somebody at trust in first experience, whether it be a relationship or a business transaction, like we're maybe talking about here, whatever it is in your, in your personal and professional world, uh, you know, you, you in first experience are probably always that optimist, at least I am, and I take people at face value and give them the best of the power. But it doesn't take long to lose that trust. And in the case when we're talking, let's say, supply chain, um, one product failure, one uh, recall, one outbreak, one false or counterfeit pharmaceutical drug, whatever it is, right, can wreak massive have havoc on your brand. And then you're in a situation where people are verifying and they're, they're questioning and they're wondering whether or not what they're dealing with is legit and it is something that was processed maybe in an ethically sustainable way, right? And they want to get to know more and more about you as a, as a brand, and as a provider, as they make decisions and build their own affinities of who they want to do business with. So this topic in particular with blockchain and IoT is just, it's, I think, right in the sweet spot of that uh, quote uh, of trust but verify and the ability for you to provide, really open the kimono to your supply chain, your global value chain, provide that trust or that transparency into your supply chain so that customers do have trust and you then build a deeper, more meaningful personal relationship with them in doing so. So that's why I picked it. That's how I think it relates and, um, you know, I think a perfect use case for it here and what we're talking about today. Absolutely on point, Jeff, and it reminds me of the famous, even more famous quote, I think, in recent times from W. Edwards Deming, in God we trust, all others bring data. You like that one? There you go. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yep, we hear that one all the time. Th- thank you very Maybe much. Good- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good one. And I don't think it was, I don't have the Russian version handy, so I can't impress you with that. <laughs> but I, I like that you already like my version. So thank you, Jeff. Dr. Satya Sarah, no, I'm sorry, Nara Simhan, uh, you have quoted Nathan Bateman, played by uh, the actor Oscar Isaac in the 2014 sci-fi film Ex Machina. Let me just read a little background before I read the quote. This is a great quote. Ex Machina is a 2014 British sci-fi film written and directed by Alex Garland in his directorial debut, and it stars Dom Hall Gleason, Alicia Vikander, and Oscar Isaac. It follows a programmer who is invited by his CEO to administer the Turing test to an intelligent humanoid Robot. If you haven't seen it, you probably should. Here's the quote Satya has selected from the movie. Listen up. This is long but worth it. One day, the AIs are going to look back on us the same way we look at fossil skeletons on the plains of Africa. An upright ape living in dust with crude language and tools all set for extinction. Satya, did I do okay with that? I didn't translate it, but I tried to give a dramatic reading. What do you think? (laughs) You did very well. Thank you. Talk to me. How did you find this quote? My goodness. <laughs> I cracked him up. He's he's lost. Okay, go, go ahead. What are we What are we talking about? Yeah, as you can tell, uh, I like sci-fi movies. And um, if you look at the sci-fi movies, some of the popular ones, like people getting plugged into a matrix, into an alternative reality, you watch. Terminator, there are good and black cyborgs. Or you watch flying cars in Back to the Future or in The Fifth Element. As you are watching the movie, you feel like you are in an alternative reality that screams that you are in a fictional world. What's really cool about this particular movie is it makes technology real. And as a technologist, I feel it's a very true reflection of all the cool things that are happening in the AI world. Um, So... The two parts of the quote here, the first one that talks about um, humans looking at fossil skeleton in the plains of Africa, I would kind of attribute that to being more of a positive note where, you know, the skeletons do act as a time capsule of our heritage. And as you look back, you can kind of admire the path that we have taken to evolve um, over the millennia. And uh, AIs would be much like that where, they can do new and better things on top of what Deke alone can do and um, ultimately benefiting kind of the overall humankind. Um, the second part of the code, which is kind of fits into the leapfrogging the competition aspect is, what if you are not prepared, like um, Tony mentioned, and you fail to change and you fail to embrace the evolution that's happening around us? Um, I think those who are left behind or refuse to change will look more like um, the crude ape um, with crude languages and tools set for extinction because they weren't able to adapt what's happening in their environment. So I think uh, the reality aspect of how the technology is portrayed in the movie and the kind of the heritage as well as what happens if you don't adapt is what I really think is more exciting about this particular course. 
Thank you very much. I got such a kick out of that. And you know what I found in terms of leapfrogging competition to the, the three of pa- three panelists. I used to tweet during the shows. I'm tweeting your opening quotes right now while I'm speaking with you. And it used to be enough to just tweet text. And that was enough. And now everybody's putting images with their text on Twitter. So I have a whole folder called Picks for Twitter. And I have to pick a photo to go. So I've got this adorable little robot with a little blue light on his right ear. I think it's a he, could be a she, I'm not sure, kind of gray. And that's what I'm putting with AIs are going to look back on us set for extinction. I wanted you to know that, Satya. So wonderful quotes from the three of you. Thank you very much. We're off to a good start. And now we're going to get to know our panelists just a little bit better. Briefly, Tony Costa, where in the world are you today, please? And what's your favorite beverage? Maybe it goes with a good, good hearty tuna sandwich. I don't know, on whole wheat bread, however you like yours. But what's your favorite beverage that tell people a little bit about what you do in in your life, Tony? Yeah, Bonnie. So I'm in uh, beautiful, sunny San Diego, and uh, somebody's got to live here. Um, so been <laughs> here for almost 19 years, love it down here. Uh, grew up in the Midwest and uh, migrated out here. Um, my favorite drink, uh, unfortunately, is Diet Coke, and I probably have way too many of them, but uh, it certainly satisfies me in the afternoon as I'm kind of getting over the hump and continue to progress through the day. Thank you very much. I, I'm going to ask you a silly question. Does this still come in bottles or is it in cans or how do you consume it or you just put it in a glass? I'm looking at packages here of Diet Coke in the silver can with the big red Coke and the word diet and a pretty script on it. Cans, bottles, uh, in a glass with ice. How, how do you prefer it, Tony? You know, the funny thing is I, I usually drink the can, but when I travel international, first thing I do when I get off the plane is find a carbonated Diet Coke. There you go. Thank you very much. Good to get to know you a little bit better. Jeff Harvey, where are you today, and what do you love to drink that makes you do your job so well? I am um, I'm in Scottsdale today, where it's going to be a balmy 112 degrees, and meeting, but it's a dry heat, so, keep that, so they tell me. Um, keep that in context. I'm meeting with customers here, but it's um, I was in Seattle yesterday, and I'm working my way to Chicago, so I'm in Scottsdale today, and I, I think... Uh, if I were to go with something maybe tropical, end of the day, uh, I'd probably go with a, maybe a skinny margarita on the rocks with salt today. Okay. You have to explain the skinny part, please, for me. I'm looking it up now. Skinny margarita. What uh, have we got there? Less of the sugar mix that goes in it. So I, um, just a little tequila, uh, maybe squeeze a couple of limes in there, and a little of um, a little. Uh, syrup that goes along with that from native agave and shake it and you're good to go. Very nice. And there are several recipes. There's one here from cookieandkate.com. There's one on delightful emade.com. There's one on the cookie rookie.com. There's one on the best skinny margaritas at livelytable.com. And there's one on isabeleats.com. Skinny margarita recipe. And yes, they say it has uh, less. They, that one of them says kosher salt, lime wedge to rim the glass, silver tequila, freshly squeezed lime juice, two small limes, freshly squeezed orange juice, and some use a, an orange orange-flavored liqueur, and, of course, the tequila. Thank you very much, Jeff. That was interesting. Never had that on the show. Only about 9,000 drinks, and we've never heard that. So bravo for you with an original one. Satya, no pressure on you. Where are you, and what are you drinking today? So, Bonnie, I'm joining from the heart of the Silicon Valley. I'm calling in from Palo Alto. So my 
latest favorite drink uh, after my recent trip to Vietnam has been uh, the Vietnamese coffee. Mm. And, uh, the way you make it is uh, you take either a dark roast or a medium roast and French press brew the coffee and add about equal parts of um, condensed sweetened milk. And you get this uh, nice thick coffee that is not too sweet, not too bitter, and really wakes you up. So that's been my latest favorite. And there's a recipe on bonappetit.com. This looks delicious. I'm looking at a Vietnamese iced coffee. Two tablespoons of dark roast ground coffee, preferably Trung Nguyen Premier Blend or Cafe Du Monde coffee with chicory, and two tablespoons scant of sweetened condensed milk and ice. Does that sound good to you, Satya? That sounds very good, but I'm more of a hot coffee drinker, so I'll probably take out the ice. Okay, thank you. And Tony, good here in Arizona today. Well, you know what? The radio station we're we're on voiceamerica.com, World Talk Radio there in uh, Phoenix. So, Jeff, there they're about f- 15 minutes from you and and uh yes, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm talking to my engineer here on the Skype chat. I'm in Durham, North Carolina, and we've been cooling down. Instead of 101 each day, it's about 93. So, you know, that's a big difference. Jeff, I saw somebody on Twitter on Facebook last night saying they were visiting your area and they said it was no longer 110, it was something like 100 and it felt cool at night at 100 degrees. Do you experience that as well, Jeff? It is. I mean, it's a dry heat, so it's not your natural 100, but maybe that 100 feels like 90. But when you're 112 or 15 in the day, that 100 at night probably does feel cool. It's like an oven during the day right now. Probably does. It's it's brutal here. Well, I'm only allowed to drink water on radio show days because I have two live shows on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, one on Monday. And so all I, I'm not allowed to go near caffeine, Satya, or anything else with an interesting kick to it. But, Tony, I have a quick update for you. I just saw on Twitter that we were talking about Diet Coke. Coca-Cola Company is just launching sustainable packaging for their Dasani water. It's uh, how to recycle oh, label, and there's a rinse and insert lid, and there's a whole thing on Twitter. So I just thought that was an interesting sidebar since we mentioned that brand a minute ago. So you know what? I'm going to give my guests the pause that refreshes. Sorry for borrowing a tagline from somebody. If you're just tuning in, and I have a shout-out to Dana Quarter at SAP, who has been so instrumental in putting together this wonderful panel and helping with the overview of the show. Dana, we're really having a, a great time with your three very, very smart and savvy panelists. So thank you for listening. Our topic today is Leapfrog Your Competition, the Essential Technology Guide. And if you're stumbling through your digital transformation or not even thinking about it at all, you really have to. So we're talking today to Tony Costa at Bumblebee Foods, Jeff Harvey at SAP, and Dr. Satya Narasimhan at SAP. I got it right. Talking about the technologies you need to embrace or at least get to the starting gate and think about embracing them. What is it doing to your supply chain? What is it doing to your ability to stay in the industry you think you're supposed to be in or the industries, the lines are blurring where you want to go, uh-huh, new opportunities, and what is it doing to your corporate culture? So many more good insights from Tony Costa, Jeff Harvey, and Dr. Satya Narasimhan coming up, so don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Come on, you know the drill by now. We'll be right back in 90 seconds. Aaron, out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Insights from totally new sources of data, sensors that capture and share what is happening in your business environment, and the tools to understand it and act on it. These are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Internet of Things with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Internet of Things with Game Changers. Here we are. We're trying to change the game here on Internet of Things with Game Changers. We're not specifically focusing on just the Internet of Things. We're focusing on today the Essential Technology Guide. What does your company need to do to leapfrog your competition? If your competition is listening to the show, too, they're going to be doing it as well, so you better get to it. Leapfrog is probably a very good verb for what we're suggesting here. Tony Cost at Bumblebee Foods is with us, Jeff Harvey at SAP Intelligent Enterprise Solutions and Industries, and Dr. Satya Nara Simhan at Blockchain Business Development at SAP, all the people we need for this topic. Here's what Tony Costa told me before the show. We're going to take a quick Oh, about 90 seconds each around the table to build out this thought, and then I'll pick one from Jeff's list and one from Satya's list. So Tony says the following. Our business, he's referring to his, but any business, needs to evolve more than ever to remain competitive. We, or you, need to provide a leadership path to success that includes, listen up, this is important, process automation, business efficiencies, and computing capabilities. Tony, can you unpack this for our listeners around the world, please? Love to, Bonnie. So here's how I see it. Here's the challenge. <clears throat> Many of our business functions struggle to figure out that, that roadmap and to see the capabilities. So how can we help? You know, I, I have a couple examples. One, uh, years ago, a lot of people wanted to do dashboards and executive dashboards. And you'd ask them, you know, what do you want in a dashboard? Well, I want all the, the, the cool dials and the spinny things and those kind of things. And we took a very creative approach, and I think it uh, aligns to today's business world as well. I sat down with the executive team individually. I asked one question. What do you do in the first five minutes of your day? And that Mm. led to an hour, hour and a half conversation as you traverse through the business process and the thinking. As IT leaders, we have to be really good listeners and interviewers and be able to bridge that gap between the technology and the capabilities of the business. It's too easy in today's world just to come in and do it the way you've always done it. And we're a prime example. We're a 120-year-old tuna company. So, and Mm -hmm. it's worked for us. Why would we want to change? So I would, I'll end with this, that for us to be competitive, 
We need to look at everything and how we do it, let alone from technology to business process to all the way to the computing capabilities and figure out how to you know, move forward in a competitive environment. Thank you very much, Tony. I'm going to move around the table to get Jeff and Satya to come in. But question for you, what comes first in all of that? Does a leader say, okay, we're going to get all this new technology. Everybody get on board. And then we're going to find the efficiencies and we're going to automate. But don't worry, we won't get rid of your jobs. So the culture has to be rah-rah all the time. Is there is there an order to this? Where, where do you start that message as a leader? Just curious. Yeah, I would tell you it's step one is realize you need to change. And ah. I think... Uh, for us, you know, explaining that to the business to understand that if we're not doing it, somebody else is. If we're not thinking about it, somebody else is thinking about it. And for us, we don't, as it goes back to and alludes to my quote, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. If we're not prepared for the future, somebody else will and they're going to beat us to it. There you go. There's that competition word coming in there. Jeff Harvey, join us. Thoughts on what Tony said, agree or disagree or any flavor thereof? No, I totally agree. And his comments about process automation and business efficiency, those are the things that these new technologies enable you to drive and to drive it at scale. And it's, it's not an option. It's a, it's, it'd be like using an old flip phone, you know, when you've got a smartphone with all these intelligent technologies available to you, um, picking up your geospatial, giving you a map, predicting and seeing the, the traffic that lies before you. Why wouldn't you use it? Why wouldn't you put it to work for you? Thank you very much. Good energy there. Satya, join us. What do you think about what, well, what Jeff agreed to and what Tony started out with? Satya? Yeah, I think Tony really nailed it when he started by um, approaching the question he had by asking his customers who are executives in his company on, you know, what do you do? How can technology help to do your job better? I think that's really the fundamental to both the strategy of how we are applying technology, as well as the execution of how we are bringing the technology. For example, as I mentioned earlier in the call, when we look at the emerging technologies like blockchain or quantum computing, we don't look at these tools and start looking for problems where they can be applied. But in turn, we look at you know what are where where are some of the mega trends. You know, we hear that gig economy is evolving faster. Um, mm-hmm. How can companies then successfully position themselves in a trend like that. Um, we see that, um, you know, um, other areas like trust is becoming more important in supply chain. So then how can help our customers more efficiently um, trust each other in a supply chain collaboration scenario? And then we look at, you know, what technology is more suitable for that. So it's really starting from the customer outcome is one of our guiding principles when we kind of lay the technology strategy of how we should help our customer. And once we kind of figure out how we should help the customer, the way we do that is also primarily revolving around what we call the design thinking process, where, you know, for a technology company as we are, um, if we take the customers through the design thinking process, we don't talk any technology. It will be basically the conversation very similar to what Tony had with his executives to understand mm-hmm. what the customer requirements are, who are the key personas, how do they do their job, and how do they want to do their job, to kind of have a very well articulated description of what is the opportunity that we are trying to help our customers solve, and then back into the technology to see what you need to do to reach those outcomes. 
So, yeah, I fully agree with the approach um, Tony has taken. And I think starting with customer um, first um, will be the best way to kind of uh, approach the way we would would, um, uh, utilize the technology. Thank you, Sacha. Tony, you started a good conversation around the table. I'm going to move on in the interest of time. Jeff Harvey, I'm I'm going to bring something up that we, we have to hold up the mirror of the good parts and the maybe questionable not-so-good parts. So you said in your fourth statement to me, intelligent technologies like RPA, machine language, and even blockchain raise new challenges around ethics and the need to create trustworthy and ethical artificial intelligence in this era of digital automation. Jeff, how big a concern is this as leaders, as Tony said, are leading the change of the culture and realizing they need to change? You've got to start somewhere in this process automation and, and helping people come along and learn those skills and bring in the automation. So, Jeff, talk to me. Where does the challenge of ethics come in or doesn't it into this initial conversation? No, it's a... Uh, it's, uh... It, it ties back to my, it does come in, it definitely comes in, and it's a, it's a very real and um, deep topic, especially for people we talk to, customers we talk to every day, or even you see um, new uh, GDPR with um, privacy and, and data, and how do you use someone's data, and, and have they given you the, the authority to do so? It, it's a topic in the news every day today, and as Satya mentioned, even in his quote earlier that you see in, in a movie, sci-fi, whatever the case, good and bad uses of technology um, for, for good or for evil. And in any case, this technology, whether, whether uh, intended to be or just by accident, even take a self-learning car, right? People have gotten hurt and even killed through trying to perfect the technology. And, and those things happen, and it's incredibly unfortunate. But that wasn't intended, but it was uh, an unfortunate outcome or consequence that, that happened. So we've got a, we've actually stood up uh, at SAP and an ethics council around this and worked to standardize something globally. Uh, but it's not just about us. It's about everybody working together to make sure that these technologies are used in, um, in thoughtful, in considerate, in ethical, and in, in responsible ways to improve outcomes, to improve, um, efficiency of businesses to improve the way people live and, and make them give them a better opportunity for a better life based upon what we're able to do with with maybe um, you know creating water we've done some things in, in third world countries to, to to clean water using new technology where they didn't have any drinking water before get them um, access to medical get them access to other things that improve their lives even if look at it a business process context like um, cash application and using machine learning and robotic process automation to match payments and invoices faster and take, take variability out. It's not about re- replacing jobs and taking people out of those jobs. It's about automating what is a very manual task, kind of back to Satya's caveman analogy, that you don't have mm-hmm. to do it this way anymore. You can do it in a much more... Um, sophisticated, intelligent, uh, automated way that lets those people move from that manual task to a much smarter, hopefully more fulfilling, challenging, mentally stimulating role where they can, which they can do more for the company as well. So very real topic and something that we need to, um, we need to really uh, focus on globally as a, as, a, as a community and as an ecosystem at whole. 
Thank you very much. Great topic, Jeff. Let's go around the table. Sacha, you want to add to what Jeff said? Agree, disagree, expand? Go ahead, Sacha. So I would like to offer a, you know, uh, adjacent point of view to what Jeff just mentioned around the ethical use of technology. Mm -hmm. The question is, you know, what are you trying to hide or what are you preventing others from knowing about you, um, either as an individual or as a business? And I think that as a starting point, as a baseline of how you are conducting business today, reflects on how you would pursue or use technology. So we have many examples where the, we are actually using the technology to help companies who have very high ethical and sustainable practices to be transparent about the way they conduct business. Um, you know, Tony being one of the examples, um, they're ocean-to-table tuna tracking solution provides full transparency and visibility into how the fish was caught leading up to the point of consumption. And uh, they are able to do that because they are internally set up very well with ethical and sustainable practices. Similarly, we have people approach us from other industries like forestry products, that they are sustainably using trees to create paper products. Uh, On the mining side, that they're process of bringing minerals to the market is uh, more sustainable than comparative processes. So, you know, there is definitely one aspect of understanding how to be using the technologies the right way, but um, there is also an opportunity in the toolkit for those who want to leapfrog the competition that they now have abilities to also uh, bring to light and be transparent about the way they are conducting business compared to their competitors who may not have these higher standards of processes, and they are able to actually monetize and differentiate themselves by properly using the technology. Thank you very much. Wow, what a great topic you started here, Jeff. Tony Costa, join us. Yeah, love it. I, I, I struggle with this, quite frankly, myself, and uh, so does our company. And when you start looking at these advanced technologies, especially uh, RPA and machine learning and AI, it's scary to the normal per- business person. They don't understand it. They think it's going to replace their jobs. Look at the terminology. When, it, when you call these things bots and robotics and the machine learning aspects of it and, t- and, t- and artificial intelligence, you know, for us as technical professionals, we get it. We, we're excited because we see the benefit that's going to drive for our companies. But to the business user, they're scared. And change is hard. And for us to help try to bridge that gap, and I think both Jeff and Satya brought to the attention that this drives efficiency. This allows people to do things, uh, to take the mundane, repetitive task and take it off their plate and focus on driving the business, beating your competition, doing things like that. That's the value proposition that we're trying to educate our company on. But I will tell you, at the core, it's, it's it's a scary discussion when you when you start to introduce this into your business. Thank you very much. Jeff, anything you want to quickly wrap up? We had quite a conversation. I'm ready to move on, but I'll give you a second here. Anything you want to add? No, I think I, lo- I love the comments that they made, and it's, it's, it's such a topic today in everything, uh, every arena. And, and a lot of it stems from the use of the data. Like you started earlier, Bonnie, talking about data-driven, digital dexterity, all these mm-hmm. factors, it's the data that is driving it and knowing how are you going to use that to ultimately better serve your customer and better engage them. To Satya's point, it's, it, it, when you open up your value chain like, like Tony has 
at Bumblebee with their blockchain solution and provide complete visibility in, right? That's about trust and transparency, and that's about using that technology in a very responsible way, not about, um, you know, eliminating jobs and other factors. It's giving people more opportunity to, to do more that's going to help them grow and both hopefully personally and professionally as well. But a very top, very very real part of this um, technology revolution that we need to make sure that is, is done in a very responsible way. And I love the way you mentioned the word responsible twice in there, Jeff. That's what we're getting to. Ethics, ethics and responsibility go together. Trustworthiness, it's all part of, of being on the up and up. I think Satya mentioned, what are, you, what are you afraid of? What are you not wanting to be transparent about your business? What are you hiding personally or professionally? So that's a bigger, that's even a bigger topic. Thank you, Jeff. Satya, moving on to something, another tip for our listeners. You say tapping on the business network to derive new value requires defining a mutually beneficial common goal, and this is interesting, often in the form of regulatory compliance. That surprised me in the statement. Satya, can you unpack this as the news people say, the news forecasters say? Can you unpack this and tell us a little bit, spend about two minutes, and then we'll see what Tony and Jeff have to say. Go ahead, Satya. Um, so I think um, if you think about leapfrogging the competition, right, so you would see that um, many good companies, they stay in the business profitable for a very long time and they remain good. And then you have better companies. In my opinion, these are the ones that are actively growing, primarily by capturing market share from um, their competitors. But then, you know, at SAP, we want to be best run and we also want to help our competitors or sell our customers, uh, not competitors our customers to be best run as well. And, um, you know, what do best run companies do? And I think in my opinion, having done strategy consulting before, um, best run companies are the ones that can actually create new market categories for themselves and um, own them versus trying to just share, uh, gain market share from their competitors. So then how do you create these new market categories? So that requires you to think outside the box of uh, what you have done within four walls of the company and uh, look at, you know, what are the new sources of, um, you know, value that can be created. And um, in my view, working in the blockchain topic and understanding the network aspects of both people as well as companies, um, I think there is a great potential there. The network can be a new currency for companies to unlock value. For example, you know, with the help of Facebook, Twitter, and many other social media, um, we as individuals have tremendous potential and opportunity to personally benefit from the contacts and the networks we make. Uh, but we can't necessarily say that about um, companies. Um, companies still kind of have the siloed business process that are optimized and work very efficiently within the four walls of their um, processes. Like, uh, can they really transform the way they work with uh, their, com- their, their suppliers as well as with their customers? So one example would be, for example, we recently helped uh, many of our pharmaceutical customers here in the U.S. Um, to meet with a new regulation from U.S. Food and Drug Administration that requires the retailers of prescription drugs to verify that the drug is authentic when it is returned before it can be sold to another consumer. Um, so a normal way of helping the customers to comply with this law would be to give them 
some kind of a centralized system where they can just continue to do uh, their normal business process and uh, comply with the law, perhaps at a higher cost and more, even more so with a higher opportunity cost. Uh, but what we have done is using blockchain, we help the entire industry to unlock the potential of the network that they are in. So the manufacturer, the wholesaler, the retailer can more seamlessly collaborate among each other as if they are acting as one business process or one company and ultimately, you know, uh, ensure the trust in the drug supply chain and at the same time comply with the FDA requirements. So I think uh, in this scenario, the motivation for the industry to work together, um, the compelling event is actually triggered by the regulator, in this case, FDA. So likewise, you know, if there are um, similar motivations in other scenarios um, where companies can seamlessly collaborate with each other, I think there is a greater opportunity for companies to unlock um, new value and um, collectively leapfrog competitors um, who are inefficiently leveraging their uh, network uh, network from their suppliers and customers. Thank you, Satya. We're almost out of time. We're technically in the crystal ball prediction round. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pose this option to Tony Cost at Bumblebee Foods. Tony, you can give us your 60-second prediction, or you can comment on what Satya shared about having a mutually beneficial common goal when you're going to use your networks, your business networks, to derive value together. So, Tony, I'll just give you, I'll say, crystal ball, 60 seconds, whatever you want to do with it. It's up to you, Tony. Go. Yeah, let's go crystal ball, uh, Bonnie. Okay. So let me let me wrap this up with um, I really think the acceleration of innovation is going to motivate a lot of companies. Even I would go on a limb and say force them to take a hard look at their business process to remain competitive. Um, I've been using this, uh, a term with my organizations for, for years. It says talk about it today, read about it tomorrow. And I really think that aligns to what we're talking about when we, we have identified the topic of leapfrog your competition. Skills need to adapt to the new working environments. And blockchain, AI, machine learning, RPA, all of that, they're real. Those are real technology driving real benefit and, and driving a, a, a ton of incremental efficiencies within the, within the businesses. So I'll end with early adopters win. Uh, you got to be bold, you got to get out there, and you got to make it happen. Tony, one quick question. Jeff, I'm teeing you up for your prediction, but Tony, when we say early adopters, is it too late to be an early adopter? We've been talking about this stuff for, for years, some of this technology. Is it too late to be early? Just a yes or no? No, absolutely not. Thank you. That's what I wanted to know. Jeff Harvey, SAP, 60 seconds. That's all we've got. Go ahead. Yeah, first I'll just say I agree with Satya's comments on the mutual beneficial aspects across the network and defining those common denominators. That's key. Um, I'll give you my quick uh, projection and, mm-hmm. and crystal ball is that I think, like Tony said, these technologies by 2025, if not 2023 uh, or sooner, will be commonplace. What we're talking about today is what's seeming like sci-fi technology with machine learning, blockchain, predictive intelligence, applied to everything, it's in our lives every day. It's on your iPhone or your, your phone every day that you're using. You may not realize it or not uh, already, but they'll be commonplace, and those that haven't embraced it will, will probably be uh, you know, feeling the pain from it. Uh, and my last crystal ball comment, 
is that I, um, by that time, 2025, let's say, will give us a little bit of runway. The mm-hmm. Cubs, knock on wood, will have won a second World Series here in the last handful of years since our 2016 um, <laughs> achievement and not let it be another 108 years between World Series. There and you I'll go. I told, series, I told so. you on the prep call we love sports predictions. Sacha, 60 seconds, and then I have something funny to tell you about your comment about mutual goal. Sacha, go ahead. Prediction 60 seconds. Yours up. You're up. Bonnie, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and um, my prediction is when she enters the full-time workforce in about uh, 15 years, and if I mm-hmm. ask her to describe, you know, tell me about your colleagues in your new team, um, I really won't be surprised if she provided a description of some of her colleagues who are actually robots, and um, <laughs> she would describe them as if they are real person with certain personalities. I think... Um, my prediction would be that in about 10 to 15 years, we will be increasingly working and operating in a human augmented machine world. Thank you very much. I have a, a funny, quick funny to tell you. Uh, I know you're not on on uh, Twitter, Satya, but I found a cartoon in my list of, of tweetable pictures that I collected from years ago. It's an Anderson cartoon. It shows a dog looking at a goldfish in a bowl. The dog's paws are up on the counter, kitchen counter, and the dog says to the goldfish, you make a good point. We both hate the cat. I'm just not sure what it is you'd bring to a partnership. And I thought that was really cool to post. So forgive me for that. Thank you to the three of you so much. Dana Corder has been tweeting and retweeting. I know she's listening. Dana, you really outdid yourself on this one. Great panel. I want to say thank you as well to Ira Burke, who sponsors this series. Ira, looking forward to next year. 2020 is just around the corner. Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Oh, I'm not rushing. I have actually a minute and a half. I can slow down. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? The digital economy is there. The technology is there. If you're a leader, it's time to step up to the plate. Realize when you need to change, what you need to change. As Tony Costa so wisely said, it's still time to be an early adopter. Figure out your path, your plan. Don't worry about losing jobs. You'll find and retrain, but you need to bring that technology in and Maybe you'll be sitting next to a robot at some point in your future. So here we go. Officially fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Tony Costa at Bumblebee Foods, just like Jeff Harvey. I hope you enjoyed yourself, Jeff. Welcome to Game Changers at SAP and Dr. Satya Nara Simhan at also at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 